Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. So today it's me and I am going to talk about self-esteem and how you can begin to improve your self-esteem or self-worth. But firstly, to explore a bit more about what we mean by self-esteem and to look at it in relation to eating disorders. Now, I know that almost everybody that I've worked with that has an eating disorder has low self-worth, has low self-esteem beneath the surface. And often the eating disorder has become a way to try and feel better, to try and temporarily boost self-esteem, to give a glimmer of self-achievement, some purpose, some hope. But obviously it doesn't really work. The benefits are sometimes short-lived and it creates so many more problems. So let's first of all think about what do we mean by self-esteem? And this is the definition that I've got from verywellmind.com. So if you want to go to their website and find out more info, that's verywellmind.com. So the definition says the term self-esteem is used to describe a person's overall subjective sense of personal worth or value. So in other words, self-esteem may be defined as how much you appreciate and like yourself regardless of the circumstances your self-esteem is defined by many factors. So this can include, firstly, your self-confidence. So how much do you have a feeling of trust in your ability, your qualities and your judgments? Now, I know so many people I work with in therapy have lost that self-trust, or maybe they've felt they've never had it in the first place, but they don't really have a lot of faith in their ability to make decisions, in their ability to do certain tasks or achieve things. And it's often really, really challenging to be able to acknowledge their personal strengths. The second thing which defines self-esteem is a feeling of security. So this could be in relation to your environment. You know, are you feeling secure in your job, in your relationships, where you live? Do you feel secure as well in yourself? You know, do you feel safe in yourself? The third part of self-esteem is identity. So what defines you and are you comfortable with this? I think many of us are often living with an outdated identity that we might be clinging on to and isn't serving us. And I think often as well with eating disorders, sometimes you can be striving for a weight or a body shape that's not really compatible with your set point, with where your body is happy. But it's really, really hard to let go of that. You might have an, have an identity as kind of like the fit person or the person that's really into food and healthy eating and all these things. And that's become so much of your identity and it can feel really hard to let go of. But obviously, again, it's keeping you stuck in an unhelpful place. Self-esteem is also about your sense of belonging. So feeling that you're accepted and part of something. You know, as human beings, we really need to feel that we are accepted by others and we have a place. And finally, a feeling of competence. So to have good self-esteem as well means to feel that we recognize that we're good at certain things. We can recognize our strengths. And this isn't about being arrogant, but in a kind of quietly confident way. 
So other terms as well that are often used interchangeably with self-esteem include self-worth, self-regard and self-respect. So what about when you don't feel good enough, when you have low self-esteem? So when you have an eating disorder, underneath the eating disorder symptoms, your self-esteem is often shaky and you might not feel good enough at all. You may feel that you're flawed in some way and you may not treat yourself with the respect you deserve. You might experience thoughts such as, I'm boring, I'm not intelligent, I'm unattractive, I'm too this or that, I'm not as good as that person. You'll be adept at noticing your perceived flaws and ignoring any positive qualities. And this inner feeling of unworthiness can permeate every area of your life through choice of relationships, work progress and social engagements. It's like having a millstone around your neck as you carry this heavy psychological baggage into every situation. And the thing to remember is you weren't born with low self-esteem. You were born feeling enough. Once upon a time, you would have felt enough, even if it was for a short period. As a baby, you came into the world without shame or embarrassment. You expected your needs to be appropriately met with nourishment and care. You brought all of you to the table with boldness and bracing honesty. You cried when you needed something, regardless of the time of day or night. Then you grew up and life began to shape your development and self-belief. Early experiences with caregivers, school and friends would have influenced how you felt about yourself. You may have learned that love can be conditional and you began to mould yourself to fit the world. Now, if you predominantly felt love, support and encouragement as a child, then you're likely to have greater resources of self-belief, feeling that you're worthy as you are without having to meet a multitude of requirements to be acceptable. But if you experience criticism, bullying or unhelpful comparisons with others, then you might doubt your lovability, feeling that conditions must be met to avoid rejection. And human beings are wired to be terrified of rejection. And once upon a time, rejection from the tribe would have meant life or death. But this is not true of the world we live in today. Of course, we do need people. We need acceptance and connection. A rejection is not life-threatening, though. If you always strive to please others and meet external conditions, then this can place you on a relentless treadmill of striving to achieve through work, appearance, fitness, eating and relationships to gain approval. But striving to be good enough is like spinning on a hamster's wheel that never stops. And the illusion that worthiness arrives once the goal is achieved is futile. The goalposts always move and you will always need another qualification, more money, a lower number on the scales or additional likes on social media to feel enough. So grab a pen and paper and just have a little think and you can kind of pause me between these questions just for some self-reflection. So how is your self-esteem today? How would you rate it on a scale of zero to 10? If 10 is great self-esteem, if zero is low self-esteem, just really have a think about where you are today. Secondly, how do you feel about yourself deep down? Do you feel lovable? Do you feel acceptable? Do you feel worthy? Do you feel likable? How do you really feel in your core? Thirdly, where are these beliefs rooted? 
when you look back to your childhood, if you don't feel great in your self-esteem, there are probably some little clues about things that have really impacted how you feel about yourself. It may have been things that significant others said to you. It may be feedback from a sibling. It may be from a teacher or another member of your family. But usually these messages have some roots and it's helpful to start looking back and reflecting. And fourthly, whose opinion are you holding on to about yourself? Now, so often we can hold on to a comment that was said to us maybe when we were at school or early in life. And when we look at it rationally, looking back, that person's opinion really counts for so little. But we're holding on to it. We're holding on to it as a truth. And that's become incredibly damaging and limiting to our self-esteem. So really have a think about, you know, whose opinions are important to you? Are there people's opinions from the past that you're holding on to? Which when you really look at it openly and honestly, actually their opinions really don't count. And often people will say things that, you know, they'll say them without much thought or intention, realizing how damaging a comment could be. And secondly, when someone says something, it often says a lot more about them than it does you. And it's a lot about their perspective that they are viewing the world through. So how can you begin to raise your self-esteem? So I'm going to talk about six different ways to do this. So number one is no more perfection. If you have low self-esteem, you will notice your inadequacies or your perceived inadequacies anyway, and overlook your achievements. You may only allow yourself to feel good if you've achieved excellence or perfection, or if someone else validates your action. Now, perfection is a myth. Striving to be perfect is like trying to hit the bullseye on a dartboard every single time. And when you're not hitting the bullseye, you'll feel as though you're failing at life. And this is an exhausting and ineffective way to live as human beings are inherently flawed. And striving for perfection as well, it leaves you isolated and alone as you feel that you can only share the good parts of yourself, whereas your imperfect parts become hidden and shameful. And this is a very isolating and lonely place to be. Remember that in truth, human beings are not perfect. And we find the imperfections and quirks of others to actually be endearing and authentic. And we are naturally drawn to genuineness and someone really being real. Second one, having balance. So having good self-esteem is not about being arrogant or show-offish. Now, I think particularly if you're born in Britain, in British culture, we are very understated here, often very modest, and it's sort of almost seen as not a good thing to do to sort of talk about your achievements and to be very open about these things. But having good self-esteem is not about being arrogant and showing off, but it's about being able to acknowledge your personal strengths and qualities in an inner sort of quiet and confident way. And you don't have to tell everyone about this. It's just being able to have a deeper confidence and knowing of the things that you're personally good at. And actually, the whole world doesn't need to know that. I mean, it's nice if they do and they reflect that back to you, but it's more about you being able to recognize your strengths. Number three, outdated childhood perspectives. Realize that the current paradigm is outdated and not serving you. 
So often if you have low self-esteem, you are likely trying to meet old conditions imposed by an early caregiver, teacher or friend, which are no longer relevant. Now, these standards may have been put on you with all good intentions, but actually so often what we can do is twist ourselves trying to be what we think other people want us to be. And this leaves us feeling so unhappy and miserable. But now you can choose to validate and back yourself. You can set your own standards and no amount of external validation from your boss, social media or a parent can make you feel enough. And it's so helpful once we can really get our head around this. External validation is nice and it should feel more like the icing on the cake whilst your inner cake is solid and built on your own self-validation and internal resources. And this took me a long time to get my head around. But when we're waiting for that external validation, it's a very precarious place to be because of some days you might get a lot of it. Other days you might get none of it at all. And it leaves you feeling really up and down with how you feel about yourself. Whereas when you start to draw on your own self-esteem, your own self-worth, your own inner knowing and confidence, you can validate yourself at any point. You're not left waiting for someone else to do it. So tune to yourself with warmth and compassion and acknowledge the little child who didn't get what she needed. You are not to blame for this. You are not flawed or unworthy. But as an adult, you can start to give yourself the things that you didn't always get as a child. Number four, praise yourself today and acknowledge your positives. So as an adult, you can begin to praise and validate yourself from the inside out. Tell yourself that you are enough with your words. Say the words that you needed to hear as a child. Write it in your personal journal. Treat yourself with the love and respect that you would show to someone you care deeply about. And I know so many people with eating disorders are incredibly kind and caring individuals and are so good at looking out for others, but just are not able to do this for themselves. But it's not selfish to look after your own needs. It's not selfish to praise and validate yourself. It's all helping to build healthy self-esteem. Number five, stay in your own lane. Put the blinkers on to comparisons and focus on your own special values and qualities. It's so easy to get sidetracked and out of balance with your true identity, being who you feel you should be and not following your unique path. No one in the world has your distinctive set of qualities and gifts. You have everything you need within. So begin to shine a light on these qualities yourself. And look inwards at your own qualities and strengths rather than doing that relentless comparison, which will always leave you feeling inadequate. And number six, create a positives journal. So record specific examples of things that have gone well. So, for example, you could say, you know, today I was kind and generous when spending the day with my niece. I bought her lunch and gave her time and listened to what she had to say. So this is about just starting to acknowledge the little things that you do well, the little things that show your strengths and qualities. And again, you don't have to share this with the world. This is your own little personal journal to help you start to acknowledge the things that are really special and unique about you. And once you start looking, I promise you there will be many things. And if you already struggle with this and you don't know where to start, 
think about what do people tend to say to you when they say nice things about you and to compliment you? That may give you a little clue on where your strengths and qualities lie. So some final sort of reflective thoughts. So again, get your pen and paper and you can pause me in between each question. So this is to help you really reflect and acknowledge your qualities and gifts. So the first one is, what do I like about who I am? What positive characteristics do I have? What are some of my achievements? What are some challenges I have overcome? What are some skills or talents that I have? What do others say they like about me? What are some attributes I like in others that I also have in common with? And what do I think are bad qualities? And what bad qualities do I not have? So those are some interesting questions for reflection. And if you really struggle to answer some of those questions, don't worry. Sometimes this work can be really, really hard. What you could even do is maybe get a trusted friend or family member and maybe they could support you in answering these questions and help you think about some of your responses because of you are probably just not that proficient yet at noticing your strengths and qualities. All of those things will be there, but it's just about beginning to shine a light on them. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really want to give you hope that self-esteem can absolutely be boosted and improved and you can feel so much better. I can remember times in my life where my self-esteem was absolutely on the floor. I felt pretty worthless. I wouldn't have been able to answer these questions. I would have really struggled, but I don't feel that way today. I feel today I can acknowledge my strengths. I can acknowledge my weaknesses too, but I can really recognize the things that I can bring to the world. I can recognize my unique qualities and everybody has their own unique qualities. You just need to learn to tap into them and to recognize them. Okay, I shall be back with another episode soon. So I hope you enjoyed this episode today. And if you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at The Eating Disorder Therapist. And for further support with your relationship with food, do go to theeatingdisordertherapist.co.uk. And if you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon. Mm -hmm.